Blessed are you, O Lord, the God of our fathers, for you are just in all you have done. Wisdom. The reading is from the Acts of the Apostles. Let us be attentive. In those days, Paul had decided to sail past Ephesus so that he might not have to spend time in Asia. For he was hastening to be at Jerusalem, if possible, on the day of Pentecost. And from Miletus he sent to, he sent to Ephesus and called to him the elders of the church. And when they came to him, he said to them, Take heed to yourselves and to all the flock in which the Holy Spirit has made you overseers to care for the church of God, which he obtained with the blood of his own son. I know that after my departure, fierce wolves will come in among you, not sparing the flock. And from among your own selves will arise men speaking perverse things to draw away the disciples after them. Therefore be alert, remembering that for three years I did not cease night or day to admonish everyone with tears. And now I commend you to God and to the word of his grace, which is able to build you up and to give you the inheritance among all those who are sanctified. I coveted no one's silver or gold or apparel. You yourselves know that these hands ministered to my necessities and to those who were, in, and to those who were with me. In all things I have shown you that by so toiling one must help the weak, remembering the words of the Lord Jesus, how he said, it is more blessed to give than to receive. And when he had spoken thus, he knelt down and prayed with them all. Peace be to you, the reader. Wisdom arise, let us hear the Holy Gospel. Peace be with you all. The reading is from the Holy Gospel according to St. John. Let us be attentive. Yours they were, and you gave them to me, 
and they have kept your word. Now they know that everything that you have given me is from you, for I have given them the words which you gave me, and they have received them and know in truth that I came from you, and they have believed that you did send me. I am praying for them. I am not praying for the world, but for those whom you have given me, for they are mine. All mine are yours, and yours are mine, and I am glorified in them. And now I am no more of the world, but they are in the world, and I am coming to you. Holy Father, keep them in your name, which you have given me, that they may be one, even as we are one. While I was with them, I kept them in your name, which you have given me. I have guarded them, and none of them is lost, but the son of perdition, that the scripture might be fulfilled. But now I am coming to you, and these things I speak in the world, that they may have my joy fulfilled. Peace be to you, the herald of the gospel. Good morning. Don't we all look at like top 10 lists on side, on, online? Top 10 lists. Sometimes the headline is about the top 10 list that it draws us in. And suddenly we become pseudo experts. For example, the top 10 lists of states to retire in. We've probably seen that. Uh, I'd have to say, I don't think Minnesota's ever on that one. Or the top 10 car insurance companies. Or the top 10 superfoods. Or the top 10 most influential US presidents. Or other similar top 10 lists. Perhaps some of us have looked up a top 10 list about the most significant battle that ever took place. What is the most significant battle in history? What do you think of that one? Perhaps it was the Battle of Waterloo, June 18th, 1815, when Napoleon was finally defeated, ending 21 terrifying years of Napoleonic Wars. Perhaps it was the Battle of Lexington and Concord, April 19, 1775. The American Revolution really began with the Battle of Lexington and Concord, galvanizing American colonists' path to eventual independence and the founding of this great nation. Another one is the Battle of Salamis, dated September 26th or 27th, 480 BC. 
where the Greeks, under the command of Themistocles, tricked the invading Persian fleet into narrow straits. The outnumbered Greeks broadsided the Persian boats in the straits between the mainland and Salamis, an island near Athens. The Greek victory changed the course of the Persian-Greek war and, frankly, preserved Western civilization from extermination by the Persians. One final example is D-Day, June 6th, 1944, which we commemorate tomorrow. D-Day is the largest seaborne invasion in history when the Allied forces invaded Normandy to free Europe from Nazi control. Simply put, D-Day was a foundational victory for eventual Allied victory in Europe and the Western Front. Today, today we read from the Acts of the Apostles and read about a different battle. Not a battle of swords and guns, but a spiritual battle. In today's reading, St. Paul is speaking to the elders in Ephesus, warning them of their upcoming spiritual battle after he is gone. Acts 20, verses 29 and 30 reads, I know that after my departure, fierce wolves will come in among you, not sparing the flock, and from among your own selves will arise men speaking perverse things to draw away the disciples after them. A preeminent scholar of the book of Acts of the Apostles noted here in Acts 20 and elsewhere in the New Testament is the view that the view the church as a body with fixed boundaries that must be protected. Fixed boundaries that must be protected. In regard to Paul's shepherding analogy, this same scholar stated, where there are shepherds, There must be flocks. Flocks attract wolves. The imagery allows the battle against rival teaching to be seen as the fundamental task of pastoral care, protection of the flock. There was a protective battle to be fought. Simply put, the apostles fought and won that battle for us against false teachings. D-Day was a foundational battle for Allied victory in Europe. The apostles taught and handed down their teaching and won a foundational victory for our own victory against the devil. Are all religions the same? Are all Christian churches the same? Certainly, St. Paul didn't think so. He called others wolves. Not because St. Paul was jealous of other Christian groups or would lose money or attention. No. St. Paul wanted to protect his flock against wolves. Those with unapostolic teachings, 
He called wolves and warned the Ephesians and other communities against them. This warning in Acts 20 is very applicable to us today here at St. Mary's. In fact, maybe, maybe it hits a little too close to home for some of us. Perhaps some of us have not stayed in the flock. I know that there are a lot of false teachers out there. Some churches that do not preach Christian morals. Others that have totally dismissed the apostolic tradition, preferring something invented in the 19th century in America. Some even preach heresies our saints died fighting against. As Orthodox Christians, we are not to mix sacramentally with other denominations. It should be said, it is forbidden for Orthodox Christians to receive sacraments in non-Orthodox churches. And we shouldn't believe false teachers. Perhaps, too, we make ourselves our own false teachers. The inner wolf that tells us that we are the ultimate deciders of truth, making up our own faith and morals instead of accepting the apostolic tradition. St. Paul's warning is just as valid today as it was in the first century. Stay within the apostolic tradition. Its faith, its morals, its worldview. There is a battle to be fought in each one of our own minds and souls. Let us arm our souls. Let us arm ourselves for the battle. But how do we arm ourselves? This Sunday, we celebrate the fathers of the first ecumenical council, which was conceived in Nicaea, which was a suburb of Constantinople, right? It convened in Nicaea in 325 AD. The Holy Fathers of the First Ecumenical Council already fought large battles on our behalf. They fought off the wolf, Arius the priest, who said Jesus was not God. The Fathers of the First Ecumenical Council fought to hand down the apostolic tradition to us. That is, the teachings of the apostles. Their faith their morals, their worldview. The fathers of the First Ecumenical Council already fought and won the fight over Christ's identity. Christ isn't merely human. He is fully God, who took on human flesh in order to save us. The fathers of the First Ecumenical Council affirmed this truth and won a foundational victory for later generations. We can thank them for offering the apostolic teaching and handing it down to us in the form of the Nicene Creed. In a world crowded with false teachers, wolves, as St. Paul put it, a battle is waged against our hearts and minds. 
a battle waged against our faith and our apostolic tradition. But a foundational victory has already been won for us. Let us arm ourselves with the Nicene Creed, its faith, its worldview. I ask all of you, over the summer, to carefully read that ever-so-important record to the Apostles' victory, the Nicene Creed. Then ask yourselves, is there something I don't understand? Something I could study, study up on? Something to understand, maybe not intellectually, but within my heart? The Nicene Creed is so important, we read it at every single liturgy. But let's make sure that we understand and mean what we say. Would you be able to explain it to a friend? Or your children? Or your grandchildren? Do you know what we mean by begot, not made? Do we know that comes from... from from the Johannine literature of the, of, the, of the Bible? Do we understand the words one holy Catholic apostolic church? If you have questions about these things, please ask me. I'm very happy to help. Just remember, the foundational battle has already been won for us. Let's continue to f the fight and make a real effort this summer to understand what is written in the Nicene Creed. May God, through the intercession of the Holy Fathers of the First Ecumenical Council, help us to fight the good fight, learn the apostolic tradition, and stay with the apostolic tradition, its faith, its morals, its worldview, its creed. Amen.